0: Speaking of two thousand and two, get ready to get in your two thousand two time machine for off topic what we got this week.
1: Oh, I'm all set. See I got my I almost said my
0: seat buckle is belted. But it, so <clears> it <throat> is. My seat buckle's belted. That's all I'm telling you. I got something from two thousand and two. Brand new. Alright. For off topic.
1: I'm gonna speed us along to that so, then I wanna so know.
0: You can think about it the whole time. I'll be <clears> nagging <throat> away in the back of your head. What came out in 2002 that it could be.
1: I don't even remember what show was in 2000. T- Rid.
0: I'm not saying nothing. But he bought he bought Rid. He bought the whole Rid line. Maybe you could put that little tease up for the cold open so the listeners could wonder too. I
1: got to remember to do that. <clears throat> Remind me about that again at the end so that like I oh. immediately go do that when I finish recording. You have incredible faith in my memory. (laughs) I have no faith in my memory, so I have have more faith than everyone (laughs) else's. All right, I'm going to count us in. Five, four, three, two, one... We're in July 8th. I'm on a Friday night. Hi, I'm Vangelist hosting this podcast, and I'm joined by Seth. Hey. Hey Seth. Hey. Welcome to the podcast.
0: Hey, I'm welcomed. You are. I feel welcomed.
1: You're you are welcome and welcomed to this podcast, where we are gonna talk about Transformers and other it's, such
0: things. It's because you're welcoming.
1: I'm welcoming to make you feel welcome, and you are welcomed. You could say I'm a welcomer.
0: You are a welcomer. If you were a voice actor, you'd be Frank Welcomer. That would be, if, I, yeah, like the guy they hire when
1: they can't afford Frank Welker. I guess, Frank Welcomer.
0: No, that's the guy they hire if they can't afford the guy they hire when they can't afford Frank Welker. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what does Frank Welcomer
1: do? Well, he kind of does Freddy from Scooby Doo, but wrong. It's like, all right, yeah. we'll hire him.
0: Yeah, it doesn't sound anything like you. It sounds more like Fred Flintstone, really. I mean, it's weird. Hey, <laughs> But he just—he won't take no for an answer, and he just sticks with it. Yeah, but Scooby method. Doo,
1: there's a mystery on our hands. <laughs> like Frank Welcomer he does he just talk like that all the time? Yeah, yeah, he does. Don't, don't actually engage him in conversation. It's not worth it. He doesn't even notice. Uh, we're going to talk about another Combiner Wars prelude. And since they're weekly, like for the next couple episodes, we're probably going to talk about these things because they're coming out every week. Uh, but this is the first time I'm talking to Seth about the Combiner Wars preludes. And I got Seth <sighs> to check out the Optimus Prime one a few minutes ago so that he would Which have are, some context.
0: I was boycotting it up till then. That's right. You asked me if I'd seen it, and I said, no, and nothing's going to make me. And then you made me. With threats. Yep. I used coercion.
1: And uh, Seth checked it out so that he would understand the context of things like ballerina Optimus Uh, I liked your reaction to the transformation, because that's like the moment when you realize <laughs> the nature of that
0: prelude short. I think what I said was, wow, that transformation was a lot of nothing. Yep. It's like four a frames. A lot of nothing. Also, I got to find that gif of the... Uh the spinning steal it and post it on imgur and get all the get all the internet points
1: and you got to find a, a steal it you got to find a music loop that fits it perfectly then pop that on vine yeah. get some of those revines oh. right so yeah. uh, so that, that optimus prime prelude um, how did i mean you saw it after the victorian one so you are right. in a different perspective but how do you feel about about that optimus prime one
0: uh, it it seemed like a lot of prime cliches. Mm. Um, and I know it's a different guy doing the voice, like you were saying. Uh, you were telling me all about it before we started recording. But it sounds like G1 Prime enough, but also it sounds a lot older. So it kind of fits for a end of this... Millennia long war, mm. just kind of old, tired voice. Um, so I kind of liked it that way. This idea that Prime's just old and run down. Um, but it, it had all the cliches the one shall stand, one shall fall, and fighting for freedom and blah blah blah. Um, so in that regard, it, it wasn't that inspiring.
1: Yeah, it's like, like I said last week, I, I feel like the voice was fine, but the the lines written for it were uh, real uninspiring. Yeah, like, like really... I don't know
0: if they were going for for an old worn down sound or if he was doing his damnedest to sound just like G1 Prime. But I think it works the way it came out. I don't have a problem with it. Mm.
1: And uh, And that takes us to this week ish, when we got the Victorian uh, prelude. Um, I checked that one out with some trepidation because of the delivery of that Prime 1. I was kind of set on edge. I was ready for more gifable stuff. I was ready for more two-frame walk cycles. Uh, and I, I gotta say, I have a very nice thing to say about this Victorian prelude. It operated far more within the confines of its own limitations. It was way more aware of what it was on a technical level. Um... And I think I don't, I don't mean that as some kind of like backhanded slight. I mean that like full on, like it was put together much better because it didn't have any moment that went like, oh, this is a motion comic. Like it didn't it didn't try to have a transformation scene and a fight scene in it. Uh, so in those regards, like I thought it was a lot stronger uh, myself. Uh, Seth, how did you take the Victorian prelude?
0: Yeah, the presentation of, of the video was a little more artistic Mm. Um, with just like the way Victorian is kind of coming into being, and then her the kind of stuff she's saying and it it just feels a little more not planned out, but <laughs> like yeah. like you were saying, a little more kind of aware of what it is. it felt more like and, a prelude to me as well yeah it it just seemed more artistic i i keep that like that's the feeling that like it's yeah it's presented with like a little more of an art eye um
1: which you know worked for it yeah it it felt a lot more like whoever worked on it was excited about what they were doing too yeah
0: um and then victorion's dialogue in it Uh, She seems like a religious lunatic. Yeah, uh, I was kind of happy about
1: that myself. I I know there's been discussion on the boards, um, even with people who read the comic. In the comic book, like, the the characters that make up Victorion, the way I've always taken them is they are, like, religious zealots to the point where they've, like, left their planet because they don't even seem to fully believe in their religious leader. They believe more in their cause than, like, the figureheads of it. Um, and like the the first time Victorian appeared in the comics was those six characters looking for the the Enigma of Combination relic. And then when they combined, it was like the fact that they held the relic in higher regard to anything else led to this big fight scene where they're like, don't you touch that? It's like, you know, this is the Ark of the Covenant type stuff. Don't lay your your unclean fingers on it. Um, I this needs to have a certain payoff in the show, of course.
0: Uh, yeah, because she almost comes off like a potential villain.
1: Yeah, she um, the the way that the way that she spoke some of that dialogue makes me really hope they are gonna go for a more gray approach to the characters and not try to just divide them into like good guys and bad guys. Yeah. Because uh, part of the crux of the setting they're operating in is that there are Cybertronians who are kind of tired of the effect the Autobot Decepticon war had on them and the entire galaxy. So there's really good potential in there as long as the show does not fall into a nostalgia trap like I was saying this last week about um, the President Starscream character type and how I hope the show doesn't try to pander to G1 by having Starscream like secretly be a Decepticon Uh, they also need to not have Victorion just walk in go like I am the next stage of evolution and then have everyone go like alright I guess you're the good guy leader like that's gotta gotta have baggage
0: on it (laughs) yeah like it almost uh if like that was her vibe i would expect it to be more like i'm the next stage of evolution all non-combiners gotta go Mm. (laughs) and the the freaking combiner wars are more like everyone who's not combining just trying to stay alive (laughs) as they're being purged almost (laughs) because like that's kind of the vibe that i was getting because she's like like the the people need a new leader. And, and, uh, like what was she saying? Like, we're, we're like the, um, oh, it's like uh, ultimate form of unity. Yeah. Harmony oh. and, and, yeah, it's kind of like many in one and blah, blah. It, it sounds very culty, mm-hmm. a little cultish. I don't know. It's, it makes me curious as to where they're going with all of that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, like
1: I said I got confidence also because they like in the in the the one sentence description of these preludes they are referencing the planet Victorion and windblade come from which is uh Kamia uh, or Kamus I always forget which of the two it is and uh, like the K- the Kamean religious leader the mistress of the flame is apparently part of the the tribunal that's like overseeing current cybertron in the show so they are setting it up real well to have like that undercurrent of these like re- this this religious zealot um like planet society being a part of this
0: yeah and some of the like i don't remember the exact quotes like it's kind of too bad i wasn't taking notes during the whole thing
1: i I, I haven't listened to it since the day (laughs) yeah
0: but then she says something else about like her origins or where she came from and i remember thinking like i don't remember that being options when fans were voting on what became victorian like like wasn't the vote like that, she, that the, the the, the characters come from like the the, the rust sea or something yeah, like they, that? yeah they came
1: from the sea of rust and uh, that's that's where, and this is a, I'm gonna say the comics and you know we don't know yet how close this will be to the show in the comic books that's where the the rust renegade six team member or six member team was first discovered uh, and that's where they found the enigma of combination and became victorian was all in the sea of rust so that's. Uh, in the comics, that's how that worked out. I believe it was implied for a while that they were living in the Sea of Rust after that, even though they didn't really appear much in the books till they ended up on Earth. Um, so comic book-wise, that still ended up being in there. Uh, the Galvatronus rivalry thing kinda happened in the comics, is what I'll say, but, uh, certainly not to, like, a massive, like, mortal enemy degree. But, uh, the Sea of Rust thing did happen. I'm, I'm curious if they're going to represent that in the show. Um, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. Just, I, I paid like half attention to the whole voting and everything. I think I voted in one round before the app stopped updating options for me. Like every time (laughs) I would catch wind that people were voting, I would open up the app and it would be like, no, no new choices come back later. And then I would like completely shut the app down and restart it. And it would never update the choices. So (laughs) I got the vote in like the first round. But like I, I just I got a different sense of <laughs> the character from the choices people were making in the vote than I guess what it actually is and Yeah, the and that I, a lot of that's on me for, you know, having my own preconceptions or whatever, but I, I want to say the
1: vote was faction, gender, and then alt modes, then uh the sea of rust thing like like home location yeah. and then arch enemy um, and the arch enemy thing is actually, I'm really bummed out that didn't turn into anything because Galvatronus, the combiner basically d- doesn't really exist in the comic books except for one half an issue as a kind of throwaway line. Um, and I, I, I can't fathom them fitting a, like Cyclonus slash Galvatronus into this combiner wars cartoon. Like there's no room for that to even start to be explained. Um, so yeah, I, like that that part of the vote, I think, has basically been trashed. Uh, the Sea of Rust thing, sadly, also I think kind of dictated the way her color scheme got altered a little bit uh, when they desaturated the greens. It's like it's like everything about the Sea of Rust that I don't really care about got integrated, and then kind of just got left to the side. Um, that I I forgot about the app also not up- updating for everybody because I think I I think we talked about that way back when that was happening. Feels like ages ago. Um, Seth, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the actual voice for Victorion. I think the voice actor sounds fine. Like, there's nothing about the voice actor that seems off to me. But I have a massive problem with the way that the voice was edited and mixed. Uh, They put a flange on, which is fine. But they did it in a way that sounds like the way I used to do it when I was, like, messing around with Audacity in the early 2000s, because the entire bottom of her voice was gone. Like, the bass and the low-mid was almost entirely gone when I listened to that thing on headphones. Uh, It sounded very tinny, and that's, again, where it might just be the nature of these motion comics. But uh, it actually, like, I had to watch it twice, because the first time I was so distracted by the tinniness of the Victorian voice, that I needed to go back to re-listen to actually catch everything she was saying. Cause it was just really, t- it really took me out of it. Uh, I, and it's not like I need her to have like a booming low thrum under her voice, but there was no, there was no gravitas, which, which the words she was saying and the way she was saying them entirely warranted some kind of audio gravitas that I felt like just wasn't there. Yeah. Um, that was actually my biggest problem with that whole prelude was the audio mix. I thought was terrible, uh, or not. Okay not terrible but incredibly amateurish I guess would be the way I'd put it it made it seem more like a fan film than something that is official product and ideally this will just be another symptom of the prelude motion comic thing but otherwise I thought the, I thought the voice was fine I don't think we actually know who performed it though uh I I watched there were no credits did did you feel like the voice was suitable or were you, were you looking for anything different
0: um no I didn't have any like hope going into it of what it would sound like i thought it was fine mm. um i'm not that keyed in to audio <laughs> like um yeah I <laughs> where i didn't really i wasn't like oh where's the low end um like, yeah i don't i don't get that and like you know i one of my friends like real life local friends it gets really into like audio quality and he's like listen to this i'm like i, I I just I don't hear it. Like I don't know what I'm supposed to be impressed by. Like that's that's just me. I, I yeah. don't hear at that level. <laughs> I, I, don't, so. I don't I don't I don't. I try not to get that picky
1: about stuff, but like I think because also I just really like combiners as a concept. I'm I'm particular about them being delivered with a certain amount of gravitas in the animation in their combination and everything. And um, is this the best way I can describe what I felt was missing? from the voice because I, like I, I'll, I'll say again I thought their performance was fine I thought it was it was totally good um, so I, I felt like it kind of had something
0: taken away from it by, by the effects that were put over it but uh, what if they did the voices of the combiners by having like five or six voice actors all reading the same line and then mixed together. That can
1: sound really. That can sound really cool. I actually did that when I did a Devastator voice for a video intro, and the end result was super cool. I
0: thought uh, <laughs> because I did it. Because I did. Yeah,
1: I just realized If I was somebody that. else
0: did it. It wouldn't have been. They cool. would have left the
1: bottom out like some kind of yeah. amateur. When also when I did they it, they would it was, have flanged it
0: wrong. <laughs> When I did it, it was three
1: voices and not, like, six. So like, there's all... I think there's a ceiling on it. Like, with Victorion, if you actually had six voice actors, no matter how synchronized they get, it would start to damage it. I feel like three is kind of the ceiling, because then you can have... You can have a low, a mid, and a high between those three. Uh, it's just that there's a different actor on each frequency, and that and it's just, it just plays in a really cool way as long as you get the voices to align in their tempo somewhat. Uh... So I think that would be a really cool way to do it. I think that would ask a lot of paid actors who can't just sit there and wait through the editing process, though. Yeah. Um, and so as a result, it would probably be done dub style and just end up losing some of its heart. Um, dubstep. Dubstep style. <laughs> 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 um, also, someone's going to bring it up, so I should mention it. The, the model for Victorion had her chest plate on upside down. <gasps> Um, um but so so does her instructions so does like half of the material for victorian has has the chest plate upside down the, the same thing happened with defensor's photography um, maybe it's supposed to be upside down maybe you're upside down it's g- totally totally a chance that i'm the one who's upside down uh i kind of i kind of i don't know if i like it better upside down or right side up i have it right side up on my toy but i also have the helicopters on his arms so you know who am i right <laughs> I'm a helicopter arm
0: bozo um, you just said on his arms too oh god that sucks yeah you're a misogynist sorry
1: I'm not going to even go back and edit that because also I won't remember to go back and edit it so I'm I'm very sorry uh, there, oh there, I remember now the other thing I wanted to bring up at the bottom in the in the description of that video on YouTube at the bottom there was something that I hadn't seen before which gave me just the smallest glimmer of hope Uh, They said, in the United States, uh, watch Combiner Wars starting August 2nd, only on Go90, which is the worst thing to read. Uh, But then right under it, it said, international fans, colon, stay tuned for information. That's the first time outside of Twitter that the Go90 situation has had a single thing kind of said about it for people who are actually not able to see Go90 or use it. So uh, it it won't mean anything if it's international fans check out the show when it debuts on YouTube in October because no uh, that that's asking far too much for fans to wait that long because it's it's also not even an hour long this whole thing when it's all said and done like that's too much um, but small glimmer of hope that maybe they'll have something for international folks lined up in August as well because if they don't uh, this will probably end up getting pirated and that sucks for everyone who worked on it and I'm like I'm not trying to. That came out sounding like a threat. I don't mean it to sound like a threat, but
0: like, like sure you, it would be a shame if someone pirated your. Sure, it would be a shame if someone did something to your content.
1: nice, to your nice cartoon you made here. Ah, it's a nice cartoon. It'd
0: be a shame. Yeah, it's a nice little cartoon you made. Yeah, it'd be a shame if something sure happened to. Be it. a shame if something happened to it. I
1: want to just make sure people can watch it outside of Go
0: ninety. I huh? go well, 90 I'm irritated. Sucks. Yeah, I'm irritated now that the best country America is going to be stuck watching it on go 90 while the rest of the world gets something easy, like YouTube or
1: or stealing it. <laughs> yeah.
0: And the go 90 thing is terrible.
1: Uh, we've talked about it before. It was a deal made with machinima before. I think this combiner war series was even in production. Uh, it's, it's all on machinima. Like they're, they are the ones who made the deal. They're responsible for presenting the deal in this way. Uh, it makes them look like a very backwards company in 2016 to me. At
0: least I hear a lot about Machinima. So do I. Seems.
1: On a public face, it makes them seem very backwards. Like, yeah, if you start digging into people who have partnered with them, uh, who have had them as their MCN, there's all kinds of terrible things to say about Machinima, if you're really <laughs> yeah, looking for it. Yeah, I was
0: going to say, from what I gather, if... You have a YouTube channel that's starting to get a little bit of attention, and Machinima comes a knocking, you don't want to answer. <laughs> nope! Do not! Do not! Okay.
1: Speaking to someone who's like a little Z-grade person on YouTube, if anything comes to you saying, Hey, we're gonna manage your channel for you and just take a X percent of your profits, no contract even, delete that email. D- don't reply to them, okay? There are a handful of those networks who actually will help you there are hundreds more who just want to get free money out of your Adsense account um, and like machinima used to be one of the good ones but yeah of late they have the uh, things have come out that made them sound like no they're actually just turning into one of the real nasty ones who want to trap you in a contract and and garbage <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, uh, when you get false flagged or something they won't do nothing to help
1: yeah they'll be like oh do you get millions of hits no ah maybe we'll help you I don't know in a month or seven so yeah I mean that's that's the whole reason by the way why most people want MCNs it's not to get channel help it's to have any kind of second level protection against false flagging or erroneous DMCA stuff uh thank goodness I make primarily original footage toy reviews so I don't have to worry about any of that um well, it sounds like you could still get flagged. I mean, yeah, if, if I just get false flagged, then, like, yeah. that'll happen. But at least I don't have to worry about it being, like, a large company. Like a wielding large company language at me. At least not now. I was just having a conversation with someone the other day. I think it was with with Hoopla about, like, you know, right now, because it's original footage, hey, at least I'm okay. But it's, like, we're we are, like, one or two dystopian laws away from that even being
0: <laughs> a thing to worry about. Yeah, well, there's... There's a podcast I listen to the the downloadable audio version, but they do everything first live on YouTube, and they've had multiple cases just this year of false yeah. flags, and it taking upwards of a month just to get it cleared and This is like a false flag from just some person, like not by a big company or anything, yeah, but like it's it's like a minimum one month process. And during that one month, they're not making any revenue. Yeah. So they have to flee to like a secondary channel.
1: Yeah. Like uh, just recently, like YouTube is finally doing and they're not fixing it. They are taking the minimal steps right now. Like they've implemented a thing where if you are under that one month lockdown, your revenue is still generated for whenever it's up. And they, d- they then realize, oh, it was a false flag operation. Here's all your money. Because it used to just be, oh, no, your revenue just stops existing for that right. month. Uh, and, and this is this solution, this is not like the solution. This is like a, a band-aid at best. At least it's something. But yeah, it's uh still a very um what's the word I'm looking for? It's a system very much in its infancy still. Like it's hitting its toddlerhood. Uh it's it's not a matured system by any means. Um, the whole the whole YouTube and, and false flagging DMCA thing. But uh that's what happens when you have machinima attached to your show. So thanks, everybody.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, let's use some new picture picks. Uh, I'm going to do mine first. Okay. I'm going to mute my microphone and close this window because I bet you could hear that cricket outside. Kind of. Yeah. All right. I'm going to close the window anyway and I'll just be hot for the rest of the show.
1: I know what you mean. Yeah. It's real hot over here. Uh, anyway, my new picture pick is a new tweeted picture from Hisashi Yuki-san, uh, who has tweeted a comparison photo showing the two headmasters for Fortress Maximus from Titans Return slash Transformers Legends. Uh, so it's Fortress and Cerebros. Uh, the Cerebros version is actually out now in some places. Some people have got him in hand. But uh, the Fortress version shows uh, the continuing trend that in Japan, they are going for a more anime, uh, Zahedomastas approach to their headmasters, with him looking more like the G1 toy on the body and having that kind of miniaturized Fort Max face for a head, as opposed to Cerebros' glorious faceplate. Um, I just wanted to highlight this because, like, I think this is also basically... This is, this is the photo that represents the hard decision to make between those Fortress Maximuses. Because, like, they're both Fort Max, but... Um, a lot of in-hand accounts have said that this little robot mode is kind of the highlight of the set. Uh, and Cerebros, the face-plated one with the kind of round-shaped head, th- he has actually never had a toy that represented that that uh, like, form he had in, in the Rebirth in Season 4, quote-unquote. Um, there's been a third-party head that had that head sculpt by, uh, by head robots, but I think that's it. So the US version of Fortress Maximus has this weird draw of... Currently being like the way to get a U.S. cartoon version of Cerebros, whereas every other Fort Max toy has always been more like Fortress from the Headmasters. Um, I'm, i like, I'm, I'm even sitting there going like, ah, I don't know what to do. Like, I, what I want to do is I want to wait till <laughs> till like North American Fort Max is on sale and get them for cheap. Um, but it's like in the in the in the bigger picture, the Japanese one's just a better value, especially in Canada right now. Because uh, we had the price revealed, or Toys R Us revealed their price on Fort Max. Um, it's terrible. Um, so Fort Max is 150 in the states, right? Okay. Uh, in Canada, he's 176 American dollars. That's 230 Canadian dollars, and that's all before tax. Uh, so it, it's it's pretty bad. We are uh, Toys R Us in Canada is starting to become shades of the the reputation Toys R Us has in America on its non like platinum exclusive stuff it's getting very un- unfortunate to see um but yeah like, I, I think these both look great I, I it, it sucks that you know there's no way to just get to the Cerebros version because uh, I really like that head but uh, the Japanese Fort Max is seems like a bit of a better value for me right now until the regular one goes on sale Uh, Seth, looking at Fortress and Cerebros,
0: which one of those two gives you feelings? I kind of like the Cerebros one better. Yeah. It's just, it's more interesting with the the black and the blue bits where the Fortress is just really, really gray. Mm Mm-hmm. And it just looks more interesting.
1: I agree. I think Cerebros looks looks way cooler. Um, Like, the only thing Fortress does that's... Like, just better, is he has an insignia on his chest. That's about it. Yeah. I can't remember if on Cerebrus that's a sticker, or if if it's not, then oh my god, where are you going to get a sticker of an Autobot logo? Nobody nobody makes those!
0: You're going to have to build a time machine, go back in time to 1984, get an original G1 toy that came with stickers, and take the sticker from there.
1: And then because you went back in time and bought that toy, someone who was supposed to buy that toy didn't get it. And then you just cause a time... Now you don't even exist anymore. Yeah. Now you're a wanderer.
0: Well, I don't think it would go that far that you don't exist. Because some other kid didn't get a toy. But maybe that kid was like Derek Wyatt. And then there was never Transformers animated. That's right. Instead there was like a
1: a really good Mighty Orbot show.
0: Yeah. Or there was a Transformer animated. But it was a different artist. That stunk...
1: Rob Lightfield Design Transformers yeah. Animated. Cause in this alternate timeline he got into animation design.
0: Or it was uh the the guy that does family guy. Seth Seth McFarlane Seth McFarlane. <laughs> Unless in this alternate timeline it's Seth
1: Rogen who does family guy. This is Seth all Seth Ro- if they, had just, if they had just put that Autobot symbol on that, toy, on that toy's chest, none of this would be happening.
0: Yeah, and if Seth Rogen was making cartoons, then who's yelling during UFC fights? Right? Could be anybody. Could be it's, Derek Wyatt. Oh, man. Derek Wyatt's like, a, he's, he, he
1: went from hosting Fear Factor. No, he went from hosting Hell's Kitchen to, what? to talking over uh, UFC fights. Because the original, because it's it's Joe Rogan, isn't it? Who talks over UFC fights?
0: Yeah, he's one of the commentators.
1: Yeah, and he was also the host on Fear Factor. Right. Right, so now... Where
0: was Hell's Kitchen coming into it?
1: Because the timeline's different, so it can't be that direct, oh. right? We gotta pick a different reality
0: show. Okay. Was Derek Wyatt still on news radio? Yes. Okay. He had a storied career when he decided not
1: to get into animation. <laughs> Like, after he couldn't get that Fortress Maximus toy that his mom wanted to get for him and that he really wanted, it all changed.
0: Yeah. Really weird.
1: We need to get that guy...
0: And put him in a little room and lock him away forever.
1: Yeah, because otherwise the time-space continuum is effed. Yeah. Thanks. We need to
0: capture Derek J. Wyatt.
1: (laughs) Okay, I'll go download Pokemon Before he does any
0: more damage. (laughs)
1: He doesn't even realize it. That's the true tragedy of the story. I know. <laughs> you can't just tell him cuz he's like, "No, I'm just living my life." It's like, "You don't understand, Derek Wyatt. <laughs> Everything you do has ramifications on the universe." Yeah. Uh and that's why it's a shame that the two cerebroses are so <laughs> different. Um Seth, what's your new picture
0: pick? Um TFCon exclusives.
1: Yes. Exclusives. Exclusives.
0: So they have a couple that have been announced. There Mm -hmm. might be more. I don't know. I don't have any information. None of those people talk to me anymore.
1: You have the information found on the front page of
0: TFW2005.com. Yeah. So Fans Project has an exclusive set. Right. Yes. They're their little diaclone guys. They are in different colors. I really some like new this. Colors. Um. So it says that the, the colors are in kind of go with some of their other projects from the past. Oh, it does? Yeah. It says a TFCON exclusive, such as Diaclone inspired repaints of Kubar and columpio, meaning they'll be able to ride your frame oh. and project Dinobots.
1: yeah, is it saying that like is the those are the two that they released in the like the last two t
0: f cons oh okay, um, so it's not actually meant to be no like, i this is the columpio colored one
1: no no, no yeah the the, okay. the columpio had like one of them had a red one, the other one had a blue one yeah. um, and then they stopped doing them after that, I believe. I think. No, wait, no, there was also one with Volar. So there were
0: three. Uh, and then the six pack. Well, it was a very strangely worded thing. Yeah. Onslaught 24. <laughs> Come on, man. You putting him on notice?
1: Yeah. Listen, he plays a lot more Transformers Earth Wars than me, okay? And he's also an Autobot, so I might end up fighting him. Oh. So we gotta, we gotta not have too much beef here. No. Extra beef. He's gonna invade my base and take all my energy on.
0: <laughs> so much beef. French dip. God damn. Uh a jus sauce. Uh, <laughs> so these little dudes are pretty badass like how much detail and stuff is sculpted onto them for yeah. how tiny they're meant to be. These Diaclone drivers are little, man.
1: Oh, these these are taller than the old Diaclone drivers. Yeah, but not but, like a lot. No, yeah, right? they're still they're still pretty yeah. small. But uh I'm I'm happy to see this many different toolings cuz back when they showed the first one like his prototype had like a different head than the one that came out on on the finished one so I was like oh no you have like other toolings for the different parts and, and this looks like they're just doing like you know the big tooling dump of like here's all the dump. different kinds of legs and chests and arms and heads and uh it sounds like it's a six pack I don't actually know
0: um Wait, I just ow, I just closed the window. Oh no! I'm an idiot. I went to click to go back to the window, and I closed it because I have a lot of tabs open right now. Yeah, it looks like six.
1: Yeah, that's. Super, I'm. I. I hope I can get a hold of yeah, that this set.
0: set. This set features six lost exo realm diclone drivers.
1: Oof! I want it.
0: Do you re- know any? Do you know anybody going to TFCon? I'm going. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> just make sure you pay a little extra for muling.
1: Just, just, yeah, make sure. I'm, uh, yeah, <laughs> when I go and buy them from the table, I'm like, no, here, because uh, no, it's, it's the muling fee. Here's an. <laughs> you brought these here, so here's another five bucks. Um. Also, worth noting, these guys have magnets in their feet, which is super cool. As a Diclone driver, do. I remember when we discovered that, when we opened them up for the first time, it was like me and Pia and T.J. Duckett were all, like, sitting in some room opening these up and then realized that they'd stuck to the lamps in the hotel. And it was like, oh my god, there's <laughs> magnets.
0: Did y'all go, what?
1: I think I might have, because it was also, like a, like, really late, and I was getting tired. And so, like, things like magnets made me, like... Like, is, you know, that is is that kind of tiredness where you discover something like that and, you, and then you just go and like, hey, entire room, listen, no, stop, stop everything you're doing. There's, look, there's magnets in the feet. Oh, and then everyone's like, yeah, and we figured that out like five minutes ago. Slowpoke. And it's like, well, why didn't any of you yell as excitedly as I'm yelling?
0: Like, because we are also <laughs> tired because it is late. <laughs> And we act like tired people do. We we have not like
1: raving (laughs) lunatics. We we were raised in in society, and we know it's actually (laughs) normal to not start screaming when you discover something as interesting but ultimately unimportant as magnets in the feet of an action figure.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's it's a very good detail.
1: It is. It is. I I like these colors a lot. I actually really like the. uh, It's a good homage. I like the kind of
0: devastator green on the guy on the far right. Yeah, it's like a very milky lime. Yeah, that or the colors on my monitor are terrible.
1: <laughs> if the, well, then the colors on mine are also terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm excited about this set a lot. Um, also because those those that Diaclone driver figure is a real good figure. Um, Tom uh, Firebird GT has procured these figures without any of the dino bots because he just wants the figures. I've actually he's not the only one I know who's done that. They are they are they are good enough to sell on their own, so I'm glad they're finally doing that. I wonder who those two clones in the back are supposed to be. There's gotta be a reason why there's two of the same guy. Yeah. Uh laziness. Seth, your uh, your new picture pick has two links in it.
0: Right. Because there's two exclusives that have been announced. The other one is PS 01S Sphinx Stealth Version.
1: Yes.
0: Ooh. So this is your not Mirage figure. Yes. And he's partially transparent with like really nice. Paint apps along the edges of between where it's painted and where it's transparent Mm -hmm. that give sort of like a crackling energy look as like his visual components are wiped away and becoming invisible.
1: Yeah, and uh, so I I mentioned this briefly last week, and I'm still not clear on it, but I I don't want to go and like keep tweaking things. Uh, I, I understand it that these photos are of a custom figure that served as the template for this exclusive. Oh. But it's also been stated by those involved that this this is like highly indicative of the finished piece as well. Um, because me me and Aaron were kind of joking a little bit, and I was like, I don't know about like, I think that the paint will probably look good, but like those little tinier white lines inside the orange lines, like that seems like a whole lot to do on a production level but apparently like this is going this is highly representative of what the final piece will be like
0: yeah cuz that's that's some pretty fine detail work yeah um but if it looks you know good like maybe they they scale back like the amount cuz like even in some of the completely transparent sections like his left leg there's still bits of that around like around the 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 tire rim and a little bit on the back of the leg. Like you could and there's some on his gun which is completely transparent. You could probably get away with a little bit less of that. Mm-hmm. Like I think where it really is effective is along that border between the clear and the painted yes. body parts. So as long as they focus more on that, and if they can get that that white line inside the orange, like that's that's the thing that I think is the, the super standout highlight. Um that's the number one. Um then like when I was first looking at the pictures, I'm like, okay, the robot mode looks really cool. I really like that effect. Like, what's the car gonna look like? Because if it's just like random chunks of clear because things don't line up very well because they designed it based on the robot and didn't really think about the car, then it's gonna be dumb. And then I scroll down to where you see the car, and it almost looks better on the car than on the robot.
1: Yeah, I'm like, astounded how well this layout transitions across the two forms. Yeah. Like, and that, like, that's that's something that, like, that's not a customizer-only thing. Like, if they do this on any level, that effect will be there.
0: Yeah, and I'm guessing, like, I don't have this mold at all. But there's, like, the one part, like, just, just behind um, what's his chest, uh, where it has the 26 on it. Where mm-hmm. in car mode, there's just that little crescent piece that's clear, and everything else like immediately around it is painted, yeah, like that's the only like spot that seems a little off as far as like the the cohesion of the effect like kind of cross like going across the the form of the the car, yeah, but you know that it's not that big of a deal. Like that's the only like nitpicky point I would point at. Um, but you that's, know what's interesting that, that's is that's like that, part of his head, right? That's that's the back of his
1: head. Yeah. And uh on, on the release of this toy, that's actually a swappable piece because there's a solid blue part where if you just want to have like the back of his head being solid blue, then there's an alternate back of his head that has a logo on it, so there's one more logo on his car mode. Mm-hmm. So ostensibly you could swap in a blue piece there pretty easily. Um, especially if you have, like, the regular version of, of Sphinx. And I wonder how that would look.
0: Like, Blue Piece would be a good name for a third-party Blue Streak knockoff. <laughs> Blue Piece? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to
1: see how this turns out in person. Because um, I, I, like, I keep pointing out, like, you know, that this is kind of a painted prototype uh, photo. But, they, they, like, just the attitude seems so adamant that the, this is being pulled off in production. And I've never known mastermind creations to really be, like... Especially in their modern form, they've never really been, like... Fibbers. Yeah, and, they, and they've never... I've never heard, like... Re- I don't recall them to ever have really, like, verbally overhyped anything. Like, I don't know. Like, it, it, it doesn't seem in character for them to be being shady about it. So, I, you know, I'll, I'll take them on their word for this one. And we'll know in a week, either way, uh, how it turned out. Because, um, yeah, like, even, even if those little white bits aren't inside those orange lines... Those orange lines on their own would still look really cool with this effect um, so yeah i got I, I can't wait to see the final version um Seth are you gonna are you, are you thinking about any of these or are you just appreciating them from afar uh,
0: I really like that mold for Sphinx um but if I was gonna get it, I wouldn't want like the only version I had of it being like the half transparent, yeah. Like, I think it's super cool looking, but if I was going to get this mold, I would just want straight up Mirage looking version, mm-hmm. uh, solid, solid colors. Um, I would be more inclined to go for that Diclone driver set Uh if I was present. I just, I don't feel like going through the rigmarole of trying to get someone to get it for me and then. All that stuff. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, if it doesn't sell out at the show, it's it's fans project. Um. So it might it might show up on the FP Core site for order afterwards. Um. If they have stuff left
0: over. Well, and there's not a price on either of these things yet that I saw.
1: <laughs> no, there isn't, and that's been right. that's that's kind of that's another for... big thing.
0: Like, <laughs> so. For trying to sort
1: out, like, you know, potential muling for people. That's been yeah. a real bummer because no one can prepay right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, so now, like, if somebody hears this and is like, well, I'm going to to TFCon, I could grab you a set. And then I just get a message out of the blue that weekend, like, I got a set for you. And that's like, well, I, I don't even know how much it was. I might not. Like... Oh, don't
1: worry. You can sell something that's worth 300 bucks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, for that, Uh. for the... Lost Exo Realm yeah, guys for the
1: six little figures. They're <laughs> fifty bucks each.
0: Yeah, it's totally worth it though. They have magnets in their feet. I bought you two, so you can keep one sealed because I know you love them. Magnets even work inside the box. Yeah, you got to keep one set sealed so the magnets don't wear out. Yeah, nothing worse than a than a used up magnet. Yeah, used up magnet. Nothing. Might as well throw the toy out by that point. Anyway, my
1: PayPal is this. Also, uh, if you want to not be a scumbag, give me another 50 bucks, because it was hard and I'm sweating.
0: Also, I know where you live. (laughs) And if you don't pay me, I'm coming to get you.
1: Yeah, FYI, next time don't give your shipping address out to someone before they even have the toy.
0: Yeah, let let all your family know you're going to be on the news soon.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's the freaking serial killer. (laughs) Yeah. It's like I really love your creep out story.
0: <laughs> really w- spoke to me. I want to primal
1: it, level. <laughs> I want to make it real, and I want to make you immortal in the hearts and minds of the fandom. Yeah. This, by the way, this your is
0: family's all, gonna be in the fandom's
1: thoughts. This is all gonna be terrible if, so, like, some day some kind of horrifying e-stalking thing happens <laughs> in the Transformers fandom. Yeah, especially uh, if it's to me. So yeah, so we've got to enjoy these days of innocence while we still have them. Yeah, because um. <laughs> we
0: don't have much other places. Yeah, but with the
1: entire world. Man, what a good week to just sit down and talk about Transformers. Uh, that's our new picture pick section, Seth. <laughs> hey, we're gonna miss you at TFCon. Yeah, it's expensive. Are you gonna be you gonna be kicking around on Sunday uh, afternoon or Sunday evening? Maybe should come into this i'm gonna to try to stream the podcast panel again okay you should come in and, and yell at people from hopefully we'll we'll get the chat on the projector again and it can just be nice and chaotic
0: yeah i like going into chats for things that are happening live and just being super obnoxious <laughs> it's and great. then kind of feeling a little bad after the fact like i hope i wasn't too much of a jerk I hope they're not mad at me for being so obnoxious
1: My my favorite part of the projected chat At the podcast panel is I can't read it because it's behind me huh. So I don't even know what's happening I just I hear the audience react to stuff Every now and then And I'm like well something must have been said And just continue going And then like I don't even know Like if someone does something terrible in there It's like I, I have no idea
0: <laughs> I'll just go in there and start writing All my current political views <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, you just write them out beforehand, and then just have like oh, yeah, they, copy and paste. Yeah, them. you have them in your clipboard, and you just paste it every like ten seconds. Yeah, it's this giant like ten page manifesto.
0: Yeah, so everyone's gonna know exactly how I feel about the current presidential election by the time it's over <laughs> at the at the convention in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got a couple things to say about Justin Trudeau too. <laughs> Like how dreamy he is,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it just turns into this like this really specific and detailed like porno fiction. Yeah, it turns into like Trudeau Obama slash fiction. <laughs> <laughs> I was at a convention where like like late at night, as like a funny like you know late evening thing, they would do uh, bad fan fiction reading, which was mostly just like we found these like really hilarious incredibly overwrought porno fictions and there was one about about obama and someone else who i can't remember and apparently it was like written by like a i don't know someone who really didn't like obama but represented it by having obama be like this this horrifying dominatrix in this fan fiction Uh (laughs) uh-huh it was a really funny thing to listen to like after being at the bar at like two in the morning i was like walked into that room and i was like okay this is going well
0: <laughs> well, I listened to the Tell Them Steve Dave podcast, and Brian Quinn from Impractical Jokers is on there. And the Impractical Jokers did a cruise, like the Impractical Jokers cruise. Yeah, and Brian Johnson from Tell Him Steve Dave came on the cruise, and they did a couple um space monkey podcasts. Which is a Tell Them Steve Dave. If Walt Flanagan's not there, if it's just Brian Johnson and Brian Quinn, then they they call it space monkeys mm. and they had all the other jokers there and brian johnson talking to some fans that were on the cruise was introduced to impractic- impractical joker slash fiction and johnson read some of the slash fiction to the jokers there on on their show <laughs> and it was pretty funny <laughs>
1: Yeah, like you know,
0: sometimes you gotta <laughs> have a
1: little a little bit of a stomach for it. But this is pretty funny stuff. Like,
0: like I heard one that was like nothing co- was too raunchy. Oh no, I'm um, I'm
1: talking about like
0: yeah, yeah. But it, I, it was funny listening to them uncomfortably ta- dealing with it.
1: <laughs> I think one of the last ones I listened to before I went to bed that day was uh it was a Cars one, which kept me in the room because I wanted to know how it worked. It was really specific, and it it's it involved like Cthulhu as well. of course, so that there would be like tentacles. So it was like a car's tentacle porno fic, and I was like, what? Like, like the it was incredibly imaginative. It's, it's like it's a shame that that energy was like I'm gonna just you know I'm gonna drop my opinion here. It's a shame that energy was wasted on on that because like it, it, there was a lot of thought put into the mechanics of of that of that fiction. Uh, and it's a shame that that thought could not have been used on something more, uh, interesting than, <laughs> than the cheap thrill of figuring out how to have automobiles uh, have sex with each other. But it happened. Um, <laughs> Seth, I've got a listener question for us, which has nothing to do with pornography, unfortunately. Well, but, can't want them all. Yeah, you know, it happens. Um... This comes from Open Challenge, who says, uh, I've seen posts claiming firsts for Beast Wars, such as stating they were the first toy line to use ball joints. I don't feel much ground has been broken besides the original idea of transformation. Heritage lines like Microman seem like a testing ground for all the methods that led up to the point where they had the confidence to produce complex toys. There are even methods people might be glad were tried and eliminated before Transformers like magnetic joints. Do you think collectors might get more perspective if they look at Takara's past beyond Diaclone? Uh, I think I think actually you can open up that last statement. Uh, yes, but it's they could, collectors could get more perspective if they look at the past of just related toy lines beyond Diaclone. Yeah. Um, people, like, I'm. it's maybe because I'm on a kick for them right now. Vintage GoBots are, are loaded with ball socket joints, and some of them were designed in, like, 83. Uh, they're not, like, good ball socket joints, because a lot of them are, like, a metal ball, um, in a plastic socket that just gets hell of loose over three decades. But, yeah, you should you should look well past stuff like that. Like in Transformers, I don't think Beast Wars is the first toy line to use ball joints. I I, I want to say not even the cheap answer of Machine Wars. We're we're not. There are some G two toys that also use ball joints. I I can't recall any specifically, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm sure there were. Um, Seth, what what do you think about this? Like, you know, I'm, how far back do you think people should should open their minds to?
0: Oh, I don't know, like it, the. <laughs> Stick I mean, if you if you really really want to become like this tor- toy historian, you got to go as far back as you can find information. Um, but yeah, like I don't know if you could really claim like Transformers invented ball joints. Like I don't know if that's legit. Um, but like when he mentioned um magnets, did he say magnets in there? Or was i imagining it because i started thinking of magnus because you mentioned microman yeah and in that like early 99 to early 2001 kind of in between that range when i was starting to look back at getting into toys Mm. um when i was kind of searching online different online sellers um i was encountering microman figures that had magnetic Joints, like a ball magnet, and then like the arm stuck to the magnet, or something to that effect.
1: Yeah, um, there there was a like there, there was a little dude that was a gun man. There there was a the the two thousands Microman series did have a line of at least four to eight figures who had magnet joints. I, yeah. I got I got two of them. Um, they actually still work really well. Uh, those figures oh, the magnets did wear out yet. No, like they they they've been hanging out on a shelf for years. And I poke them every now and then, and they don't fall apart. Yeah. Um, magnets... You gotta keep your
0: magnets fresh.
1: Magnets can really work if the toy is designed really well around them. There have been toys, uh, even as recent as the 2010s or 2000s, that had magnets. Uh, like, there was, um, there were a few different takes on Kotetsu Jig, who was one of the original Japanese toys to use, like the Magna ball joint system. Uh, and there were some new versions of him done in Soul of Jogokin and Dynamic Action. And I, I want to say it was a Soul of Chigokin one, especially, that was really, no, like, notorious for not designing around the magnets very well and just assuming they were stronger than they actually were. So he's got he's full of magnetic ball joints, but no locking system. So when you put Soul of Chagokin Kotetsu-Jig down, he kind of crumples like a ragdoll because um, he has no, like, real joints holding him up. Whereas Dynamic Action mixed magnets with, like, ratchet-teethed gear mechanisms... So you could kind of they could work like ratchet joints, so you could like just pull them off, rotate them, and put them back on. Um I might be mixing the two up. Um I don't I don't have either. I watched just a bunch of videos of them. But um magnetic joints do have a place. I don't think they have really much of a place in Transformers. Outside of I've liked the idea of replacing some tab slot or peg hole systems with magnets. Cause I think that could really turn out well, but there were some Macross... or No, no, there were some Robotech toys, specifically, by, I want to say, Toynami, that tried to do that, and it went really bad, because they tried to use magnets to lock the legs under... Um, you know how on a Veritech, the legs, like, fold up underneath? Uh-huh. Along the back? They, they tried to use magnets to lock the legs. You mean Valkyrie. Uh, it's, you you it's, mispronounced Valkyrie. It's, it's, it's a Veritech, uh, powered by Robotechnology. This
0: was a Robotech-branded piece. Oh, yeah, I... I got my kayfabe wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, no worries. Someone <laughs> I forgot that Veritech was a Robotech so, name.
1: Someone traveled back in time and messed with Derek J. Wyatt's toys as a child, and they had yeah, yeah. that little skip. <laughs> and, uh, but they so it's the, the Mandela magnets, effect. <laughs> the magnets were too weak, and I want to say in at least one case the magnets could become unglued inside the toy, and so you'd have to like disassemble the whole toy to dig them out because they'd be rattling around inside the legs. Um. So magnets can work uh, I, don't, I don't think that they should be Considered an eliminated idea But they definitely should
0: not replace A lot of things that do work Yeah I just sent you a link to the Microman dude that I was thinking of when oh, Magnets came up
1: I kind of remember this guy
0: Yeah I almost bought that thing At least 20 times I yeah. almost bought it so you could see like His hips, waist And waist are uh, Those magnet balls and then there's another one on his chest because they were meant to go with a, a larger figure too yeah and there, there was like a drill guy and i think there was a third one but i kind of like that leg design it's crazy looking yeah i like the heels like the the you know the way the those barrels are kind of punching down into the ground yeah it looks like he's really designed to stabilize himself before firing his whole torso <laughs> cannon <laughs> Man, that's such a cool design. He, he kind of looks like Perceptor, too, like in the head. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit.
1: He's got that forehead. No, got Perceptor was uh,
0: originally a Markerman figure, so there you go. It's true. So
1: now we're just starting to flex our Toy Historian muscles here. Like, yeah, with some of the m-
0: most, <laughs> like, top level, like, surface level, everybody knows <laughs> that, stupid, kind of... <laughs>
1: certainly wasn't like a Diaclone toy, which some of the original Autobot cars were. Didn't include oh, okay. their Diaclone
0: drivers who actually had magnets in their feet. So this uh, shows like all those weapon dudes. Yeah, the other one was like a saw, like a buzzsaw kind of a dude. Yeah, I remember it these shows guys. the larger bot that they could stick to.
1: They were from, uh, yeah, they were the Magnum Micro Men from 1999 uh Gunbody, Jet Mogler, and Razor Master. Razor Jet Master Mogler. is a pretty good name.
0: I don't know, Jet Mogler is pretty good too. I don't know. Because what the hell is a Mogler? Well th- I mean the guy the first
1: guy we're looking at, he's just called Gunbody.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: <laughs> well he doesn't have time. He's like, no,
0: just right. gunbody. So All if right. you've never seen these and you have no idea what we're talking about, imagine like a big blocky gun that is the chest and shoulders turned sideways, so like one of the shoulders is has the barrel sticking out, and that's kind of the dude. He's just like this cannon with <laughs> legs and these weird little arms sticking out the bottom of the gun. God, that
1: that that nineteen like that late nineties, early two thousands Microman line was so good. Like that was my jam whenever I went to the import shops in BC. Uh-huh. I got like the cassette tape that turned into a helicopter. Um. It's a shame that a lot of the ones with like the vac metal armor that were on like the white cards that I think diamond distributed tended to disintegrate like their armor parts would crack like yeah. all the vac metal stuff, but I
0: have some of those I haven't like' was that the set where like the one guy had like wings and like in like a hawk kind of situation another guy like had a big round diving bell, yeah submarine thing yeah i have the I have three of those. Um, I forgot who I ordered them from. I think it was like Imagine Anime and they goofed my order and I only got, th- I'd like, I ordered the four, like there were four guys in the set and they sent me mm. three of them and then like a female ninja from another set. Yeah. And then I was like, I don't know. She's cool anyway, so I didn't make a stink out of it. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think that it was like there were they they did a, a series of eight where it was like four good guys and four acro years, and then they then they did a set of like four micro ladies and four acro ladies, and then there was like the set with the guy who literally was in like a giant sarcophagus was one of them, and and then there was the set of the four guys whose parts could all combine into a giant car. Um, I just remember the bummer of all those toys was like. If some of their stuff wasn't vac metalized it probably would have been even more durable. But it was all like clear, like clear plastic and vac metal parts that were all super brittle, and you had to treat them really carefully. In my recollection, anyway.
0: Yeah, aren't there Micronaut toys coming for SDCC?
1: Yeah, those are uh, re-releases of
0: original Micronaut toys from yeah, the seventies.
1: They...
0: Yeah. Because man, when I saw those pictures, I was like, these look exactly like those old toys.
1: Yeah, it's um, uh I think it's three of the old toys, and then the whole big draw is that they're in like a diorama style package. That's like themed to like one of them's like the time traveler guy and, and
0: dude with like in a sarcophagus. <laughs> yeah. I don't know my I I don't know my micronauts very well. Yeah, when I was little Um, one of my cousins had a huge box of Micronaut stuff and that, that was like the cool thing when I went over to that, that house was getting to dig around in that Micronaut box and he's like, he had a bunch of like crazy vehicle stuff that like broke down into pieces and then you could reassemble it into different parts or like kind of build your own spaceships and stuff out of the parts. Yeah. And, uh, Yeah. I I thought those were the coolest. And that was like after Micronauts were a thing. He he was a few years older than me. So I kind of missed Micronauts when they were a thing. Mm -hmm. And he was like done, like kind of tired of it, (laughs) but still had them.
1: And then that's where you want to like,
0: that's where you you,
1: kind of wish you could have gone like, hey, if you're done with those.
0: Well, I did end up with them at one point. But it was, like, after I had, like, gotten hooked on some other stuff, too. Like, I think G.I. Joe had happened by then. So I was like, oh, cool, thanks. I will yeah. <laughs> use these with my Joes because the Joes fit in the vehicles, too. <laughs> these can be, like, good guy Bats. Yeah. Well, that that was before Bats. This is like, original oh, man. Joes and all the green uniform kind of vibe. I'll well, have matching uniforms. Basically, what we're saying is magnet joints are pretty cool. Uh, I thought you were gonna say it was basically what we're saying is Seth is old. <laughs> nah, no, nah,
1: we're not. We're not. We're not there yet. You're not talking about stuff like oh my. Uh, I was there when they buried all
0: the ET carts. I was actually working the quarry when they when they did that. Uh no. When that happened, I was just so happy to be playing any video game. I didn't know how bad ET was. <laughs> <laughs> You're all jealous. Someday I'm gonna play that ET game too. It's gonna be great.
1: And he never did. That's why you can never go back in time and then let yourself play that E.T. game. Because then you're going to change the Destiny path. Well,
0: of. No, I played it back then. Did you? I was, yeah. I was just so happy. Like, I, what I was saying was, I was so happy to be playing a video game. I didn't know that it was as bad as it was.
1: Oh, I didn't know you meant you actually literally were playing E.T. That
0: Okay, so we're on that timeline. Weird. Yeah. From the Atari 2600. I didn't own it. Um, I knew somebody that did, and I was playing it at their house. But... It was just like I'm playing a video game. I didn't know I was on that timeline. That's mm. uh, well, if I was old enough to have just missed Micronauts, that was before the ET game.
1: <laughs> man, I thought the Come ET on, game
0: man. was pre Micronauts. No, Micronauts were like you'd said they were the the original toys from the 70s. Yeah, no, I
1: I, I just how don't... old do
0: you think ET is? <laughs> I, I
1: always forget when ET came out. The early 80s. Yeah, I don't know. It's just part of that Steven Spielberg mush for me. It's one with the alien. He's got a glowing finger. I think we've answered this listener question pretty well. (laughs) We answered it a while ago and then started talking about other stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Magnet joints are pretty neat. Uh, Seth, let's talk about what we got this week.
0: Okay. Uh, On topic, did you get any Transformers this week? No, but I'm going to do some hunting this weekend, I think, because... Uh, Titan Masters are being found at U.S. Retail. They are! A lot so of, I gotta get out
1: there and look. A lot of good reports coming in about those things. Stuff to know before you get them, etc., etc. Oh, what should I know? Uh, check the feedback threads. Uh, there's There are some issues here and there with some oh, of the connector things, on. and, and Skullcruncher is generally, in most cases, pretty loose out of the package. Um, it seems like Skullcruncher is suffering a lot from uh, quality control stuff. As far as his build quality goes, um, by many accounts, Blur is actually one of the nicest figures. Except he's almost entirely unpainted, but as a physical toy, he's he's really strong, according to people. I just pre-ordered uh, the four deluxes off of ToysRus.ca because there's a twenty-five percent off sale for things that are sixty bucks or under right now, and oh. they're applying that to anything that's up for pre-order on their website. Hmm. So uh, now that they're fifteen Canadian each instead of twenty Canadian each, I thought, oh, why not? I'll pre-order them. Yeah. Um. yeah I, also I don't have any new Transformers to talk about either I'm filming Bruticuse's but I talked about those already uh, I don't Bruticus I... oh you know what no I'm, mi- I'm mixing up my timelines here I did get one new thing since the last podcast Uh I got a copy of uh, Unite Warriors Bruticus which is the Japanese release of Combiner Wars Bruticus where he's in more cartoon colors and has uh, space shuttle brawl, brawl? blast off um that'd be weird if Brawl was a space shuttle in Japan because that's a lot different than a tank. Uh I'm just trying to find I'm going to go look for Hard Returns pictures because he he took really nice pictures of uh these guys. But um the paint jobs on these guys are are very very good, very strong colors that that totally do speak to the old uh like cartoon colors. Uh, where, where, like, Onslaught is a very deep blue. I'm going to link you to a Facebook album, which hopefully works for you. Um, And I, the, the colors on these guys are super strong, super bold. Uh, I really like the tricks they did on uh, Swindle and Vortex, where they used two different plastic colors for the combiner peg so that it would end up looking two-toned on their chests. Uh-huh. Uh So Swindle, you know, he has, like a like, the top half is gray and the bottom half is purple, and then Vortex, the bottom half is blue on his. Uh, Vortex has some new tooling so that he has four propeller blades and that new tooling is really nice. I didn't think much of it before I got the figures, but it's got little soft detents on the blades so that they lock together pretty well uh, as a backpack compared to the Alpha Bravo version of the mold. Um, Brawl's waste works. So I'm now three for three on Brawl's not having any kind of waste problems. Um, There's a, a buttload of paint on Onslaught uh, mostly because of that chest plate, Because they, they've painted the Bruticus chestplate in the way it looked in the cartoon, where it looked like it was a piece of Blastoff. Um, which looks better in person than uh, than I was expecting. Because I'm not a super huge fan of that as his chestplate colors. Um, and Blastoff uh, is a, an entirely new mold. Uh, he is going to be retooled into Strafe in Unite Warriors uh, Computron. Uh, sad to say, I think Blastoff is the weakest part of the set. Um, the, the other four figures, all their tolerances feel even better than on the retail ones, continuing this weird trend where repaints and remolds of Combiner Wars figures right now are often feeling better build wise than the original versions that came out. Like, like Combiner Wars is like having this weird reverse mold degradation. So they are a bunch <laughs> of Benjamin Button toys. Um, Blastoff just feels very rickety compared to the other four. Uh, which, you know, if the pattern holds true, that means that strafe will feel great. Um, and, uh, like, Blastoff's got a puffy chest, that's not a problem. It looks, I think, way better in person, uh, than in photos. I don't, I don't mind it at all. People have commented on his colors being kind of ugly, um... The colors look very cartoony to me. Like, I don't know if they're Pantone perfect, but I mean, like, I would like a darker brown, but this suits the color schemes of the other four guys well enough. The only thing about the colors that kind of sucks is that the roof in his shuttle mode is not painted. So the roof of his shuttle is black, except for this really distracting, jagged brown shape on the top center. It's just that he doesn't tab together very well. Um, His legs, like, need floor polish on the tabs. Uh, and then no matter what you do his arms do not really tab into anything when you turn Blastoff into a larger arm for Bruticus. Uh, and that that sticks out to me a lot, because Combiner Wars Deluxes are often very good, uh, you know, with the exception of one or two figures, which I would call some of the weakest figures. They're usually v- pretty good at locking together as a shoulder. Uh, but the, the nose cone of the shuttle does not connect to the arms at all. The arms just tab into themselves to curl up, but... They can still kind of like they don't lock into anything. And then worst of all, the head, for some reason, the head is on a tiny platform that's hinged instead of just being connected to the combiner peg. And as a result, the combiner peg has this weird fin on it where if you don't have the head, like the head panel has to be arranged in a very certain position. Or when you rotate the combiner peg, it sort of just decapitates him. And, like, you'll be playing with Bruticus, you move his arm out, and then suddenly his head is, like, rattling around inside the shuttle nose cone. And it, it's just Blastoff, like, he's a charming little toy. He's he's better as a solo toy than as a limb. Um, I, I like him as a toy for the most part. He's just v- the weakest part of the set. And that's a shame because I think most people are buying this set for Blastoff primarily. Um, you should not buy this set if you just want Blastoff. You should get this set because you like the colors of all five guys put together. Uh, And I do. I think that the colors are really good. Like, the paint and the build quality is, to me, the huge draw of the set um, on on everyone but Blastoff. (laughs) So, you know, hopefully, you know, like I said, Blastoff as a mold does the Benjamin Button thing and starts getting better as they reuse him more and more. Uh, That's the pattern. But uh, otherwise, like, Unite Warriors Bruticus is pretty cool. Um, I don't think that like, he is such a different color scheme than Combiner Wars Bruticus. They are both equally viable as things to pick up. Like, Pick up the one that you think looks better. I there's no simple reason f- to say like one is clearly better than the other because it isn't. It is, It is not. Um, they are both different enough that you got to make a decision. You can't ask someone else to do it for you. Um, and that's about it. Uh, it doesn't come with a shockwave. Japanese shockwave is coming out later. Comes with cancer. Says so on the package. Um, so that's that's my Bruticus story. Seth, I forgot if you were interested at all in any of the Unite Warrior stuff. If you're just been if you've just been picking up stateside things.
0: Yeah, like I've the I'll catch the the Unite Warrior figures that are like like Groove and and that one Ariel bot whose name has slipped my mind. Mm. Um so I I figure I'll do the same for Blast Off if if that gets the this kind of release, I'll get it and then um, hopefully, not be disappointed like I was with Groove. <laughs> yeah, like, so you know <laughs> how. Not disappointed, underwhelmed. You know how
1: Groove is kind of weird? Yeah. Blastoff is even more weird, is the best way I can put it. Like, in, in the ways where, like, Groove does these things where it's like, you're kind of just. Sometimes it feels like Groove did things different for the sake of trying to be different from all the other Combiner Wars limbs. And, like, Blastoff is, like, doing that twice as hard. and it's, it's weird. Um, I, I really hope they do a U.S. release for Blastog, because I would love to see him in the, the, in the toy colors with the much darker brown. Uh, I think that could look really sharp. And, you know, by then, the toy will probably come out built a lot better, because with a better build quality, like, now that I've done all this floor polish treatment to him, like, aside from that, that head hinge, he's fine, for the most part. Now that I've just, I've hand-tightened all the joints, but, um... It's such a shame that, like, the arms don't lock in anywhere in arm mode, really. Unless I'm missing something huge. Um, That's my on-topic-what-I-got story. So, uh, Seth, I want to know... I, w- I want to go back in time with you, and I want to know what you got off-topic this week. Yes.
0: Well, should I start with that, or should I start with something newer? Let's start with something newer. Let's keep... keep newer. Going. I got more... Or, I should say, we... Got more of those blind bag Disney Legos. Ooh. And I had gotten very good at feeling bags and I blew it. So we found oh, no. loads of them and we're going to get them all. We're going to get all the ones we didn't get before. And I goofed up twice. Sensei. I, yeah. I don't know what to say. Yeah. Like my girlfriend was like, these were the ones you said you found. So, these are on you. This is your fault. And I'm like, yeah, I failed. Um, so, somehow, I thought what I thought was Buzz Lightyear was Little Mermaid. Well, they're basically the same character. Well, I felt a very large piece, which I took for his chest thing, his big chest piece. And then I thought I felt something large and round that I took to be his dome. And I was very wrong. Oh man! Then the other one I goofed on was I thought I had found Aladdin, and it was a genie. Well, they're from the same movie. I mean, and in my defense, they both come with a lantern. Yeah. And so I felt the lantern, and then I thought I felt what was Aladdin's hairpiece, and it was and I had forgotten that genie has a headpiece that puts a little hole to. Stick his top knot and has his pointy ears. I mean, that's basically the genie's fault at that point. Yeah. And then my girlfriend was like, "But genie doesn't even have legs. How did you not notice there weren't legs?" I'm like, "I found the lantern. I found the headpiece, and I thought I was done." Got to be I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This 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 is the classic story of hubris, right? Oh, hubris. Um, So, yeah, still got to find Aladdin and Buzz Lightyear. And. Oh, well, you did better so. than some of the screw ups I've done. Those
1: are truly embarrassing. Yeah. Because you're able to draw a connecting point between the, to the things that went wrong. Yeah. For me, sometimes I can't even do that. <laughs> like, it'll be like, no, I felt this you piece. You just stare at it and be like, what? It'll, it'll be like, I felt this piece. Nothing in here corresponds to the thing that I felt. So how did I misinterpret the tactile feeling of this thing? I don't even know. It's because I'm a newbie. That's why. Yeah. I'm still green.
0: Um, so you I sound- was really looking forward to having found all of them, so we would have the maximum amount of time before I had to worry about feeling bags again. Yeah, you gotta head back there. You gotta, uh, you gotta regain your honor. No, I'm sure they're all gone by now. <laughs>
1: We'll have to start over. I mean, technically, you could just trade your doubles with people to finish I your could. set. I like, I need to say that out loud so that, you know, people understand. Or, or I could give them to my niece and nephew. Or you could trade them with your niece and nephew. Oh, uh, they don't have anything good. Yeah, well, you tell them that so that the next time you see them, they have something good.
0: Better get something good, kid.
1: Yeah, that's right. Hey, kid. Don't waste my time. Get good. <laughs> You know how long I've been feeling bags? Too long. Uh,
0: Okay, then going into the time machine.
1: (laughs) It was just
0: delivered earlier today. So it's hot and fresh from the past. All right. Okay, so I got a toy from the year 2002. And any ideas, any guesses? Figure it out. It's off topic, so you know it's not a Transformer. Yeah,
1: the off topic part's screwing with me now because it's like, well, I don't
0: remember what came out when. Is it a comic book character? There was a comic book, but it's not originally from a comic book. The comic book came later. Okay, now I really don't know. (laughs) I got a trap jaw. From the 2002 Masters of the Universe.
1: Oh! Or
0: as I was searching around, it seems like a lot of He-Man fans refer to that series as Masters of the Universe 2000... Or, yeah. 200. 200X.
1: Yeah. Which I've never liked, but I can't explain why. I don't, like, I don't know why. I just always the feel... 00X. Yeah, that always feels like, a, like some kind of thing you'd think of as the temporary fill-in before you come up with a good name to describe the series.
0: Well... I think it was a deal of, it started in 2002, but it ended, I, I believe, in 2004. Yeah. So, when you just say X, you're not specifically saying this one year. Yeah, like,
1: it makes sense. I, aesthetically, it bothers me as well. I, I'm. That's on me. That's. Yeah, it is on you. It is. You're the problem. I am. That's why they don't talk to me on He-Man.org.
0: Um, so this all started when uh people started like tweeting pictures of the um what was it filmation uh skeletor that that just came out, yeah, from the subscription thing i was all and i was I, like, was I was all ready to buy
1: that at a comic store for like fifty bucks, and it's like no, no one got any,
0: yeah, and it's a lot more than fifty bucks if you go like to eBay or something, yeah <laughs> um. Speaking of things being more, uh, so I was perusing eBay for some of these older He-Man figures, and I just thought, oh, I'll type in Mythic Legends real quick. Oh no! So that it seems like the average price for that Minotaur I got mm-hmm. is 125 now.
1: Yeah, I went. I went on eBay thinking, hey, maybe I can circumvent big bad toy stores markup a little bit, just because I'm just after like one <laughs> or two figures. Oh wow, what a naive thing to say! It turns out.
0: <laughs> turns out eBay markup is way worse.
1: Yup. I ate it on that one. Uh, I'm happy they're doing another season, or season, another series of those. They've started putting up pictures of like series two. It's just, it's just more like color swaps and things, uh-huh. but
0: oh, if there's some cool skeletons, I might grab
1: I think they're doing a, I saw at least one new skeleton where like his bones were like poison
0: green. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that picture too. Yeah. Yeah so yeah so i started so that got me kind of interested and then i have the skeletor from this line i got back in the day that was the only one i got mm-hmm. was the skeletor and it's i don't currently have it with me it's at my dad's still with like piles and piles of other crap that i'm sure he would love for me to get out of his house uh but i'm just gonna keep putting it off <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'll have to like covert op sneak in there and grab the Skeletor and then sneak out when he doesn't know so he's not like yeah you want to take a bunch of this other garbage with you and like, no. No, no, just no, no. this one for now <laughs> yeah
1: there's, it's important alright
0: <laughs> drops in the bucket you know it <laughs> just seems like one drop now but soon it will be a full bucket like what do you want me to leave this here too yeah what do you want what do you want eh. maybe you just don't want me to come visit anymore <laughs> Also, I just want
1: to give you a quick update here, Seth. So okay. there, there were two figures left that tended to be in stock. that I was like, I should pick this up sometime. Uh-huh. Uh, the one that you have, the really uh, cool guy, bad. Malleus. The yeah. skeleton with the two hammers. He's, he's now sold out on Big Bad. So now, he was the coolest. Yep. I, I, I probably should have got him. <laughs> now all that's left is Gorgo, Aetherblade, and now it's like well he's not a skeleton i wanted a skeleton and a cape man so now i'm like maybe i'll just wait till
0: season two of mythic legions yeah uh. hopefully they'll be cheaper on big bad because that kind of happened with the uh the bird dudes yeah like the initial batch that big bad got was a lot more expensive than what they have up for pre-order now well also like if if and,
1: and if I just got them when they were briefly available on Store Horseman, they were like thirty five and shipping there. Yeah. So technically, that's also on me that I I stared at them there I'm like ah oh, come back, and then I came back and they were all gone.
0: Yeah, and it was one of those things where I wasn't like the, none of this stuff was on my radar until they were starting to sell out on Big Bad. Yeah. And I kind of tripped over it. And I mean I'm i'm still somewhat grateful i still only really
1: want two or three of these guys i'm not like this i've seen a lot of people go like oh man now i need all the orcs or like i need all the skeletons and i'm i'm thankful that i don't seem to feel that way yeah at 35
0: each i might have gone for all the skeletons Mm. but uh i'll just see about new skeletons now uh but anyway so with uh these he-mans figures yeah so i started looking at pictures and i'm like man these sculpts are really cool i really like the design on these things specifically the bad guys some of the good guys look cool too but like i'm really into the the he-man villains more than the heroes mm-hmm. even though a couple of them like Mechanic and, and maimie faces are kind of rat. um for the most part i don't care about the heroes at all i'm all about the mm-hmm. villains um So I'm looking at them, and I find this trap jaw on Amazon for 20-something bucks, and I figured that seems all right. Uh, And then there was a clawful. I'm like, man, that clawful looks awesome. And then I started researching the clawful, and it's a statue. Oh, yeah, it's from the Staction figure line. Yeah. And then I, like, tweeted about it, and somebody made a comment about articulation. And it's been so long since I've mess with that skeletor i completely forgot about articulation and then i'm like oh yeah this was from like 2002 um so there's the what is the articulation on these things and then i found a video review of the triclops and it was like oh their legs don't do nothing there's like no elbow joints there's no knee joints Mm -hmm. forget about ankles tilts I don't even dream about
1: that oh it's such a sad story because back when i remember back when those were being made four horsemen designed them for the yeah. levels of articulation that you know the classic series got and mattel went like we can't afford that or it was, it was either we can't afford that or we want these to be cheaper and more accessible or something like that right and yeah it's, it's a shame because you look at those sculpts and you're like yeah here's where the ab crunch would be here's where blah 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 mm-hmm.
0: yeah and And then like putting in things like, so on his mechanical arm, his elbow is springy to be like an action feature, Mm -hmm. which then completely robs you of any posability with that, that elbow joint. Yeah. Because it won't stay anywhere. It will just spring back. And then his, his jaw is articulated, but again, that has a spring in it. So you can't (laughs) pose it open. It'll just click shut. I didn't know there was a spring on his mouth that's such a small piece, like what's the point? <laughs> well, so it's an action thing, so you can yeah. little, little junior can go with it I guess um yeah, so that's there's so the the design and the sculpt is so good it like I'm becoming a huge sucker for four horsemen Mm-mm. um and I I started getting these ideas like, I'm, I'm just going to go back and I'm going to get all the villains. Because there's not that many. This line didn't last very long. Yeah. So, and, you know, also wasn't especially popular. So, you can get this stuff like Mint in Box for very reasonable prices. Um, unless you look on eBay where it's stupid. <laughs> well, it's like a mix. Like, mm. I, I saw a, a Triclops on eBay, Mint in Box for seven bucks. And I was like, oh, I should just go ahead and grab that. And then notice like there was twenty seconds left in the auction when I came across it. And I'm like, I can't remember my login. (laughs) Like what's my password on eBay? And Yeah, always be logged in on eBay. Yeah. That's the worst. Well, I so infrequently even look at eBay. Yeah. Um so and then like I realize like, you know, by the time I figure this out, it's over anyway, so whatever. I, I, I stay logged in on
1: eBay because I don't I don't buy stuff off there a lot, but I need like, that's the only me- real metric I have to operate from for pricing anything vintage if I'm in like a dealer room, uh-huh. and, and I want to know like, you know, what's a stupid price? What's what's quote-unquote normal? And yeah, it, it sucks when you see a really cool auction. It's like, oh, I can't bid. Why can't I bid? Ah, never mind.
0: Yeah, and then like looking at some of the the other lines there have been like from Maddie collector and stuff and like including the newer things, like it's like there, they are a lot of this other newer stuff is like more accurate to the original designs and trying to homage and update those original designs and original toys more. But I don't necessarily want that. Yeah. And I, this, this, 200x line um just the designs were so great it's just I man like i wish there was new versions of these designs well, you know? Because
1: i'd be all over it you want to know part two of the sad story of four horsemen and because four horsemen have been, they're the guys who did all the work on on the classics line uh-huh. uh forces within mattel up until about a year or two ago basically told them don't put anything from the 2000X series into these toys because we we want, we don't want to... Something. Like, it came off like... And this is, this is a huge conjecture. It came off like some forces in Mattel didn't want to quote-unquote admit that those 2000X toys should have been more articulated in the first place. And so they just wanted to have it not be a part of classics. But in the last couple years, and this is the sucker part about trying to collect classics... You can now make 2000X versions of some characters in classics, but you have to buy, like, multiple releases to piece together all the accessories that they slipped in here and there before they were able to start doing them more blatantly. Like, 2000X Man-at-Arms. They designed Snake Man Man Man-at-Arms so that if you take his head off and put a normal Man-at-Arms head on, he just looks like 2000X Man-at-Arms, who had, like, a green sleeve on his other, uh, like, his other sleeve, basically, his unarmored sleeve. So they did weird, clever little things to like start sneaking it in before they were finally able to start referencing it again. But it was like too, almost too late at that point. Uh-huh. It's weird. It's such a weird story. Them and, and Masters of the Universe.
0: Yeah, like if if they said like, okay, next year's subscription figures are going to be updated versions of the two hundred X figures. I I'd, I'd seriously have to think about signing up. For something like that, even though I really only want the bad guys. Yeah. I mean the Filmation series,
1: I was almost gonna sign up just because I want Filmation Skeletor. But then I'm sure in about a year or two they're gonna make a whole bunch more of him in He Man, so they're just gonna be around. Because uh-huh. they, they did that with He Man and Skeletor with, with the normal classics versions. But Yeah. There are people who know about this stuff way more than I do, by the way. I should I should clarify. Like yeah. there there are people way more into human. man
0: yeah yeah so when i was like looking for pictures of these things i was searching for trap jaw pictures and i stumbled across uh this image mm-hmm. just in like google image so i didn't have any context of what it was from and for like a second i was like did Derek wyatt draw a trap jaw at some point <laughs> um it's it's from uh deviant art yeah guzman I've seen this name, Eric Guzman, yeah. somewhere else. Yeah, but this, especially this trap jaw, looks very kind of Derek Wyatt ish. He's got the he's got the shoulder slope. Yeah, in a way.
1: I can't remember. I can't remember if actually it was Derek Wyatt who said the name Eric Guzman that I heard once. I'm tr- I don't know where in my memory that name came up.
0: <laughs> ah, that's gonna bother me. <laughs> it's probably not, but there's a context too where that could have been that isn't good so in case it is this guy i don't want to tell the story here <laughs> <laughs> but it's probably not this guy
1: it was some weird thing about
0: porno fictions and cars doing it with each other and yeah and i don't also i don't want to tell the story in case who the person it is about is a listener and figures it out and then gets bummed <laughs> listen If you,
1: dear listener, are the one who wrote the fiction about cars doing it with each other in Cthulhu, I think you're very creative. (laughs) Okay? Like, I mean that legit. You are a creative person, and you should be proud of yourself to at least some degree. Not 100%. I'm still holding you to the fire, because you spent all that creativity on having cars have sex with each other, and eventually, you gotta question the worth of that. But, you're very creative uh that's a cool trap jaw design
0: yeah it looks great i mean it's i I love Love. the design so much it's like it breaks my heart that he's not more articulated (laughs) because i want to do more stuff with it i'm like oh god it's just it i love the face sculpt is just his the green part of his face is all gnarly and god it's just it's so good (laughs)
1: Well, the, the classics version of Trap Jaw did do some pretty cool stuff because that was before the straight up ban on 2000 X happened. Uh-huh. So they've got like parts to make him look like uh, I forgot his name now, but before he got all the cyborg parts, um, I, he had he had some name. It, it happened in the 2000 X cartoon where he was yeah. just like a blue guy.
0: so yeah, they, they, I'm, they, I'm looking at a picture of it right now.
1: Yeah, they give you all the parts for that, and then and, and then if you if you I think like if you look inside um, classics Trap Jaw's mouth. There's just, like, terrible gore inside of it.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of that, too. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> like, Classic's Trapjaw did some pretty cool stuff, and uh, the system by which he could swap his arms, they they kept that universal with, I think, anyone who had cyborg arms. So you could get, like, more weapons to, like, plug onto Trapjaw. That's cool. I always meant to... I don't know if I ended up picking up Trapjaw, because uh, the guys who did Weaponeers of Munkaw... Um, which was a Glyos line that used to be also like it was part Glyos line, part buildable weapons for Masters of the Universe classics figures. Um, they built parts specifically so you could like mount a certain peg onto trap jaw, and that would make trap jaw's arm Glyos compatible, so you could then build a giant like Glyos weapon or gun to plug on there. There's there was stuff with that trapjaw figure. I don't think I ever picked one up. I think he was always too expensive whenever I saw him.
0: I can't remember anymore but how did his face become green
1: it's all that cyborg blood you know
0: Messes with your complexion it was the only part of him that changed color
1: it gives you that blue guy jaundice that makes you turn green Oh,
0: blue guy disease that's right yeah and then so that got me yeah so when I tweeted about it somebody commented like oh man I really like that show that it came from too and that got me thinking. Like, very few things updated over the last few years from the '80s that have really caught on in any way. Mm. Like that that He-Man show didn't work out. The the uh, but it was like one of those things that the fans really liked, and the the Thundercats was a thing that the fans really liked and didn't pan out. And yeah. Um, their last couple of attempts at reviving GI Joe didn't work out. Yeah, there's a... like Transformers worked out, My Little Pony worked out, like any uh, Ninja Turtles. Voltron's been going great
1: in this this new series. Uh, it helps; that it's on Netflix, so it doesn't have to worry
0: about yeah. a time slot. Yeah, it's kind of a different situation. I... I watched the first episode of that, by the way.
1: I I think that. It, like, specifically, if new He-Man and new Thundercats had gotten to just release their first season under a Netflix model, uh-huh. I think things would have gone different for them. Not entirely, but at least in terms of people actually seeing the whole show.
0: Yeah, but is that Voltron show trying to support a whole toy line also?
1: Apparently there's a toy license uh, that Playmates has specifically for this new show.
0: Um, I mean, uh, but yeah, what you're saying is true. Like this, not yeah, is, not just the like, Netflix thing. Yeah, um, but is it going to be a toy license that's on the shelf in the toy aisle, or is it a toy license meant to kind of hit the the the, like, the collector, older fan situation? I my
1: understanding is, I mean, this is a slight assumption because of who has it, but I've like I've never known Playmates to do a collector oriented toy that did not also have a kid oriented thing simultaneously there uh-huh. um, the way that it and the problem is there's a lot of conjecture here the way that a lot of people have come to understand it is playmates wants to just do like you know uh kid-ish friendly perch like uh not highly expensive voltron toys and then a higher end version of the license has gone potentially to someone else but a lot of this is is super unclear until anything actually comes out. Uh, the hope is that at San Diego Comic Con it will all be cleared up. But um, yeah, I think because I think it's two things: is those two shows both had toy lines to support, and they were on uh, a time slot schedule that they were eventually able to be kind of screwed out of. Um, and yeah, it's it's that one two punch that that. I think has killed a lot of things that I think this Voltron show proves maybe the way to go forward for really passionately, like, artistically driven uh, cartoons that yeah. happen to be of properties, is try to get a deal with a streaming service that isn't Machinima, where you can yeah. drop your whole first season.
0: <laughs> yeah, because it's like there's been a few of these times now like He-Man and Thundercats and kind of Voltron. I've only seen the first episode, as I said, but mm. I kind of got a little bit of the vibe from that, where it's like you had these shows from the early 80s that were, you know, toy commercials. Yeah. And there was very little, if any, consideration to um, continuity. They were just one-off adventures. And if they came back around and made any reference to anything that happened in a past episode, then, wow, that was neat. But yeah, they didn't care about that stuff, like, hardly at all. Um, then... You get like twenty years down the road, the the kids that watch that show are now the the show creators, and it just has that level of of fondness and love and nostalgia where they really flesh out the the very simple ideas of the original the original thing, and nobody cares. Yeah. I... So I, and it really bums me out that every time it happens, it really
1: bums me out. I haven't watched 2000X He-Man or uh, the new Thundercats show in a while. Um, so, I you know, I didn't watch them back-to-back. But the impression Voltron gave me was I think it also just did that whole approach better than those two. It it felt like it kind of it got to the point and it did stronger things quicker. Um, like, I, I, think, I think new Voltron just came out as a better show than than He-Man or Thundercats in those respects. Like, yeah. it, it it just it really gets to the point. It does everything it's supposed to. It, it does that thing where it's what you remember the show to be like rather than what it actually was like. But it's it just... I think Voltron did it... Be- like, you know, maybe the third thing it has. It just, I think, did it better overall, too. Um, or does it better. It's It's not, like, over yet.
0: Yeah, and... It seems to me like it's a slightly different thing, too. Like, it it came from an anime where Thundercats and He-Man came from, like, an American source. And even going, like, back, anime tended, at least, you know, from what I've seen, and I'm not an anime expert, um, had more sense of continuity and storytelling to it that that american toy commercial cartoons didn't i mean in my opinion
1: it it yeah you're not wrong i think that voltron though it wasn't really a shining example of that
0: yeah it was a lot more (laughs) like here's the monster the, the episode situation but yeah but it, I mean, my memory of that show was there was more a sense, and this was like the the translated Voltron version, not Go yeah. Lion. Was there was more of a sense that it was an ongoing conflict. Um, mm-hmm. And and I should also- like like not like so an, an example from something of similar from the time period that was more of a cohesive ongoing storyline would have been like Star Blazers or like Robotech. Yeah, G1 like, Robotech. Yeah,
1: G1 Robotech, not not that G2 Southern Cross garbage. Like, yeah. like G1 proper, real Robotech. Um, I I, just, I wanted to clarify as well, like, because I, I, I did it la- uh, maybe last week or the week before. Like, whenever I'm talking smack on old Voltron, I should really make it clear I'm not talking smack on Golion. I haven't watched Golion, but I know it's a lot different than Voltron as far as its story goes. Like, Voltron outright was editing episodes and yeah. story beats well, they had
0: to take all the murder out
1: <laughs> yeah they, they got rid of the murder and you know they didn't actually kill off Sven sven just
0: got hurt yeah he he had other stuff to do yeah. We like wrote a letter or something. I think they added in, like, oh, Sven sent us a letter. Oh, my friends, I have to go and uh, do this other thing. Uh, it's so criminal that they have a lot of fun
1: with the blue lion. The best voice in that whole dub was only in it for like eight episodes. But we got frigging Dub Pidge for the entire series. Sounded like some freak who got punched in the face before every episode. Like, God!
0: Dub Pidge, man. um yeah so i got up early one day last weekend and i'm already watching it and then uh before my girlfriend comes down and she actually seemed to get a little bit interested and she usually couldn't care less about this sort of a thing Mm -hmm. um but she had missed like what i thought was the best part of that whole first episode a very well done fart joke
1: yeah, uh, I really like that <laughs> fart joke. It's it's probably the only time I've actually liked a fart
0: joke in years. But well, when in... it happened, it was like I would do that. Like that, I would have done that exact same thing.
1: Well, it was so, it was so perfectly timed with the tension as well, because it was precisely at a moment when he's like, "Hey, do you hear something?" And it's like, "Oh, what's, what's happening now?" Yeah,
0: what's because happening? they were asking him, like, "Is the lion telling you anything else?" <laughs> yeah, it's like, "Oh wait." <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, yeah, I love I, I mean I love all the characters in that show. Lance is like one of the best prick characters I've seen in a cartoon in a long time.
0: Yeah, well we we tone it down in public. We we don't do it in public. But in in the privacy of our own home, there's a lot of fart jokes going around here. Yeah. There's a lot of like farting on the cat, farting on each other. Um the holding a fart under the blankets and then cut let it go loose. They're there's a lot of laughing revolving around farts around here. So I'm a connoisseur of a fart joke. It's a fart-friendly household. That was a good fart joke. <laughs> yeah. No, so
1: I think in, it might have been on a recording here. I can't remember now. Someone held me to the fire over that fart joke because I was talking about how I'm not really into like body function jokes and stuff because usually it just comes off kind of like one-off and crass. And then someone's like, yeah, but that fart joke in Voltron, and it's like, no, you're right. That That's a good one. I can't talk smack on that one.
0: Oh, I, I started looking up like when you mentioned Lance. No, um, so I looked up the. I was looking at the voice cast, mm-hmm. and that's the dude that was Finn in Adventure Time. Really? Yeah.
1: I need to watch Adventure Time. And,
0: um, um, Keith is Stephen Yoon from uh, Walking Dead.
1: Oh, I knew he sounded familiar.
0: Yeah, and it looks like Norman Reedus is in a couple episodes. I think he's just like in two or three episodes.
1: I gotta figure out who he played now. I think I might know who he played. I wasn't paying attention to the voice credits at all once I got past the first episode. Uh, I gotta look all that stuff up because there were some good voices. I mean, listen. Netflix Voltron is a good show that people should watch. (laughs) I have lots of nice things to say about it. It's not, It's of course, you know, it might not be for you, but it's a very good cartoon. For 2016, especially.
0: Let me see if I could. Oh no, that's the wrong one. That's the porno. Oh no, that is the right one. I oh. thought that was the uh, the awful CGI
1: Voltron. <laughs> oh, there's well, there's also the somewhat awful animated Voltron from a couple years ago.
0: Was that also a Netflix thing?
1: No, no, that was on TV.
0: That's called Voltron Force. No, this is Voltron Legendary Defender. Okay. Okay, where's the cast?
1: Someday I gotta watch a full episode of Voltron Force, but, like, the clips I watched, like, anytime it wasn't a Voltron on screen, it it looked really cheap. Something about the way it was drawn, just everything looked like it was zoomed in on, and it made it look really bad.
0: Um, on Voltron um,
1: Force. Oh. Like, really thick lines that didn't look like it was an artistic decision, it just looked like someone had a really thick pen when they drew the characters.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, okay, let's see. I, I didn't recognize a lot of names. Actually, I only recognized a handful of names. Okay, so Noman Reedus was a character named Rolo in two episodes.
1: Yeah, okay. I can't react too much because you haven't watched them, but that's that's precisely who I thought he was. Okay. God, Rolo was really well performed, too. That explains so much. <laughs>
0: Man, did you see that, uh, um, that trailer from from uh, E three with the CGI Norman Reedus? Uh, oh, for uh, Death Stranding. Yeah, whatever that was. That's I mean, that's the <laughs> the name of the project. Yeah, the Metal Gear guy.
1: Yeah, when he was uh, all naked and crying.
0: Yeah, that was that was something special. Did
1: you see the behind the scenes photo of how they did that? No. It's Norman Did Reedus they if the
0: Norman Reedus naked and no, punch was, him in the face or something? Like? He, he was
1: hes wearing a full motion capture suit with the face cam strap that's like on the, the frame in front of him. Oh. Like the whole lighting system lighting his face that's attached to his chest. Oh. With all that on with, with uh, Hideo Kojima like wildly directing him standing right in front of him. He's just going through the motions of holding a non-existent fetus and like, like man that performance is pretty good considering
0: all the gear he was wearing. Well, when I saw it, it was on the Giant Bomb We Talk over the press conference stream. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> and they were questioning, like, so did Norman Reedus know what was going to be done? Did he just sign over, like, his digital likeness rights and he had no idea what was happening? Like, he, he, he mo-capped all that stuff. He, yeah. so he. But I. i like the idea that yeah. <laughs> Norman Reedus has no idea, and then like, like he what? sees it when everybody else did, like in the press conference. Is like, why am I naked? <laughs> What's going on? Like
1: that was a really good looking <laughs> naked Norman Reedus. Like I just got to say, like they got they got the you know that I've look. never
0: seen real nor- naked Norman Reedus, so I I can't compare.
1: They got that look of you know the, the lumps running down the back of the spine towards the crack. It was uh
0: it was pretty solid props i'm double checking to make sure that i'm double checking finn. naked
1: norman Reedus.
0: no i'm making sure that that <laughs> dude was finn on adventure time um i'm looking yeah. through this behind the finn. voice
1: actors thing now um and i i forgot i should have mentioned because i it i have so you remember neil Kaplan who played optimus prime in the rid dub uh-huh uh he plays emperor zarkon in that show and it's uh, a pretty good performance. And I, I, cause I, Neil Kaplan was doing the thing where he just searched for everyone talking about Voltron on Twitter and was favoriting stuff. And so one of my tweets got favorited and I was like, why is he favoriting this? And then I went looking and, uh, he did a pretty good villain voice in the
0: show. Yeah. Speaking of Zarkon. So there was one shot of Zarkon in the first episode talking. I think it's like the first time you see him. Yep. And he's like at a three quarter angle. You, you notice that too? You and then he's it's the exact same shot when he's on a monitor talking to somebody through a monitor screen later. Yeah. He does and I'm this, like, well they cut that corner. <laughs> he does he does this weird thing like I just I,
1: yeah, it's it's like something that I started taking is just like this really funny character trait no one's mentioning is whenever he's talking to someone on a monitor he does it he does like a three-quarter turn and I'm like is this just something that Zarkon does to look cool? <laughs> like whenever he calls one of his subordinates he's like wait, let me turn Okay, go.
0: <laughs> my okay, my only other criticism just of the first episode is like that the dude that's with Princess Alora with the mustache yes. is a little overly silly.
1: He's, he's a little much. He he uh, he stays on a on a level that skirts a little much, but it is uh dialed back slightly after that first pilot movie. Yeah. I hope so. I started off with, like, oh, wow, I don't want to hang out with Koran. Uh, by the end of the series, I was like, nah, I'm... About halfway through, it, it It flipped over for me, and I started, like, enjoying when he was appearing more often. Yeah, well, when he
0: keeps, like, messing with his mustache, like, there was a moment where I thought, like, okay, take it easy there, Armstrong from Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: oh, God, I forgot about Armstrong. <laughs> that guy was so cool. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, have, I was so into that series and I never even finished watching it.
0: I watched all of the original series and I started watching the more manga accurate. Was it called Brotherhood? I think so. I started watching that, but only got a couple episodes in and then got distracted and never went back to it. I was
1: watching fan subs of the original series before it got picked up by, what is it, Cartoon Network, I think? Yeah. And then, at some point, I just fell off the fan subs, and then people stopped fan subbing it, and then it, it, like, it turns out that series was kind of long, and so I never finished it, but then when I was in the States one year for, like, a convention, I just turned on Cartoon Network, and they were showing some late episode from it, and so I was like, I wonder what's going on in Full Metal Alchemist. And they were talking about, like, alternate timelines and stuff, and I got so lost, (laughs) and I was like, what happened between when I stopped and now? And there's, like, a car? And, like... (laughs) I was so confused. Someday I'm going to go back and finish watching that show. Yeah,
0: well, I remember when it was coming to Cartoon Network and there were commercials for it and stuff, and I I knew nothing about it. And I, uh, somehow I got into my head that this was going to be, like, one of the multitude of Pokemon-alike shows. <laughs> where, yeah, they're not catching stuff, but, like the the Elric brothers are out on a on a quest to become the best alchemist in the land and they're gonna have, they're gonna fight other alchemists and like alchemist competitions and become the very best um i just somehow i decided in my head that's what the show was and then the first anything i saw of the show was i was channel flipping late one night and there was an episode on and i come in to the episode midway and there's these two other brothers posing as the Elric brothers. And it just where I came into it and what was happening when I came in like completely fit my assumption of what the series was. <laughs> so I was like, yep, this is exactly what I thought it was going to be. That's great. I was <laughs> and, I was
1: going to say like what if you did you come in on the episode when like the guy had like Turned his own daughter into like a, a Homunculus monster or something and No <laughs> like She's a dog and then gets blown up And it's like one of the most heartbreaking things
0: no. Well, So yeah so I turned my back on it At that point being like no this is exactly what I thought It was going to be it's just been like We're traveling the world having alchemy fights And I'm going to be the best in the world Alchemy fights <laughs> <Yeah>. And, <laughs> and uh, then Then like I stumbled across It again like some time later And it was that episode yeah. Like now that you mention oh, it, oh, literally it was that episode. Yeah. When I came across it the second time, I'm like, "Whoa, this show is dark." That, what that's is the first this episode show? that
1: locked me in. Was was that one yeah. where I was I I couldn't believe the way that episode ended. this was like back in when it was being fan subbed and it was new, like what three yeah. or something. Well,
0: when I came across it, it, was like right at that end part where oh god, where yeah. So I came <laughs> in like right as they're like, "We got to kill this dog girl," and I'm like, "What is this show? <laughs> this is." brutal this is i got okay now i'm interested i gotta find out what this show's about
1: (laughs) i think i watched up until like the first the the first quote-unquote season finale that ended with a a character death that was extremely (laughs) sad uh i don't want to say who it's an older show but i still don't want to say
0: i'm pretty sure or i know what you're talking about
1: yeah it ended with a funeral that was like incredibly sad yeah and yeah god and then that's basically where i left off cuz like they'd stopped fan subbing it or something and i never picked it up from there
0: yeah when i got back around to the first episodes it's like the whole thing with like their mother dying and just all the blood it's just...
1: <laughs> so great though your first this impression show is crazy <laughs> like this this got to be such a nice surprise to go from like a pokemon garbage and then <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm like, I like Pokemon when it first came around, and Digimon was okay, but then there were so many of these shows, like, like, Beyblade and all this other stuff, and it's just like, okay, well, there's this... Oh, and then, like, they all became card things, like, all these characters with cards, but yeah. it was still, like, the same, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! was still kind of the same, like, I'm gonna be the best! Um, there was some other one that like Fox kids had, I think like, I think the main character No, like it, it, the main character was a girl and she had cards. That's all I remember. Card about capture it. Sakura. That sounds right.
1: Yeah, that was, I think that was less of, ab- well, that was less about being the best and it was more, all the enemies are manifestations from some, uh, what do you call it? When you use cards to tell your fortune. Tarot. Yeah. It was like all the enemies were like tarot cards come to life or something. I'm probably getting this really wrong, by the way. <laughs> and I know there are big fans of Card Capture Sakura out there, so my my apologies. Um Man. I was just thinking about Full Metal Alchemist like a day or two ago as well. I was like, whatever happened with that show?
0: It uh ran its course. <laughs> it did. <laughs>
1: I liked um I only watched like one episode of the dub, but the voice they got to play the little brother in the suit of armor was really good, I thought. And this is like this was back when I was a super huge snob about dubs as well.
0: Yeah, I was never snobby about dubs. Like I definitely saw some dub stuff that wasn't especially well done, but like when I was at my most into anime, which is still like would be considered hella casual. <laughs> mm. uh, I would watch, like, I would buy DVDs of like Cowboy Bebop and Blue Submarine Number no. Six, and I would watch everything both ways. Uh, Tetsu Moyo, um, I would watch, I would watch every episode at least twice, once in English and once dubbed.
1: I I did that with a couple shows that I really really liked, and like I I did enjoy that, like when I was really into the show, just to like hear you know the slightly altered script in the dub if it was a well done dub script um i did that for Gaugaigar. and that dub got really good right before they canceled the dub and just put out subtitle dvds i thought uh-huh. that was a shame
0: yeah and like i wouldn't mind watching something subtitled but i also very much appreciated the convenience of a dubbed show yeah
1: well that's been uh, that's been the wtf tfw anime hour uh, yeah. That's our new podcast we're doing, where we talk about anime we kind of remember. <laughs> and...
0: <laughs> I saw this one once. It was, I just remember it was really weird. There was a guy and he had this like crazy hair, and uh I don't remember what it was called. And he rolled dice. It and... was really weird. I remember that. I remember seeing it and thinking like, damn, that's weird. <laughs> uh.
1: Yeah, I'm staring off into space thinking about anime dubs I've seen. There was a time when I was watching a lot more anime than I am now.
0: But I, I still never oh, think... God, I, I'm watching, like, n- not an anime now, but...
1: I I only like... I still really only get into, like, super robot anime most of the time. And it's just they... they I find there's less of that now. Uh, there was a sort of resurgence of it in the 2000s, and then it's kind of tapered off. And I don't consider Gundam to be super robot anime, because it's usually boring, so yeah I just don't really have stuff I'm after anyway oh crap, uh, look at this sick Micronaut scooter the ultrasonic scooter dot jpeg that's pretty cool <laughs> that looks like a really comfortable chair <laughs> um well Seth, did you do any other off-topic stuff?
0: no, that's it alrighty Um, did you watch uh oh i downloaded pokemon go oh yeah i
1: i i'm real happy that i don't feel like i need to because i'm having more fun watching everyone else do it
0: you don't need to i don't even know what it is yet like i've caught (laughs) like six pokemon now i went to some blue square places and collected eggs i got two eggs And I just, I don't even know what this is supposed to be.
1: Did you hear that within 48 hours of the launch, they had a report of some kid who was walking around and just found a dead body in a river? No.
0: That's the current story going around. It's fantastic. I thought you were going to say got hit by a car. I was like, oh no, this is going to be bad.
1: Now there's a, there's a fake story that I heard that I didn't know was fake till recently where apparently some, there's a story going around that a kid fell off a bridge, but apparently that was fake. Uh, But yeah, apparently some kid was walking around looking for Pokemon in Pokemon Go and then found a legit dead body. And some of the first comments were, well, was there a ghost Pokemon hanging out near it or what? (laughs) It's like, man, that's like terrible, but great. I don't... mm. Hmm.
0: It sounds exactly like what the internet would do. Yeah, pretty much. Um...
1: So, yeah, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, I don't think what I've got you. you
0: no, know, you didn't get
1: anything? I was thinking about it. I don't think I've got anything off topic. Just like. So there's this there's this wrestling thing I watch called the final deletion. OK. Hi there, dear listener. All right. Listen, we went on for like nearly 20 minutes about the final deletion. So I'm going to make it into a supplemental as a favor to all of you who aren't lumpy and whatever you other two or three guys are. I did it. There. You happy? Am I setting myself up to get yelled at every time I don't do this when we go off topic for a while? Absolutely. Am I going to care about that? Not right now, but the me from like a month or two from now, oh, I'm going to come back in time and kick my own ass. Oh, Hang on. Someone's at the door. Hello. Merry oh, Christmas. I'm all happy now. I'm thinking about the final deletion. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, we'll talk to you later. Uh, next week is probably going to End up being rolled into being the TFCon recording Unless you do it earlier in the week I actually haven't planned any of it I keep forgetting TFCon is next week Which is not good because I should be Planning things for that um, Because you were planning on going
0: uh, That too <laughs> It's like going to be the day of TFCon You're, you're going to look online and like Oh, oh it's today <laughs> <laughs> <Just> Run over <laughs> <laughs> Run out the door Get there like ah, ah. Where were you last night we're <laughs> running <laughs> I, was, I, was, uh, I was really busy I can uh, I was, uh, Work Busy yeah, with, I was busy I got to, ooh. Big projects editing. Lots can't, of editing Can't Let's, talk about them Yeah Big edits, projects Editing
1: Edits and editing Those yeah. two things And uh Video Videos Three things audio, audio tracks Four things Audio tracks Yeah And uh And hey you don't know my job Stop judging me Yeah You don't know me <laughs> All right, have fun at TFCon if you're coming, ladies and gentlemen. I'll see you there. And uh, hey, talk you, to you later. have fun too, man. What? Me? me? Have fun? Yeah, I you have fun. I guess. so. Just really? Number. Just remember to go. If anyone is coming out and you see me there, come and say hello. Say that you listen to the podcast. That makes me feel really happy whenever I meet listeners in person. Because uh, it's 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 just nice to know people are listening. So uh, Aaron will be there too. Make sure you you go and invade his personal
0: space. And uh, yeah get up on his grill
1: yeah come at him about whatever smack he was talking on whatever that state is that Boccon happened in Kentucky Man. talk to you later everybody bye